Thank you for listening to a dog training podcast that is like no other. We talk real, we share information based on 25 years of training dogs and working with their owners. Sit back and enjoy our podcast that will create more questions than you started with. If you find yourself wanting more, please join us in our dog community at dogtraining360.com and ask all of your questions. We hope to see you there. Hi y'all, this is Joe Dickinson, dog trainer of 25 years, dog behavior specialist, cowgirl, horse trainer, animal and people lover, book author, entrepreneur, and business owner. I am talking to you from, well, anywhere in the world actually. I do travel a lot, but my home base is my family ranch in Ogden, Utah, where I live with my humans, our five dogs, seven horses, three cats, and many sheep and chickens. My passion is helping people build the human-animal bond through connection and training. I love teaching people how to train their own dogs, and my specialty is knowing that there is not just one way to do this. Dogs and people are all individuals. My goal is to help you find methods and tools that work for you, your dogs, and your current life situation. I'm a published author of the book, available on Amazon, Training Through the Eyes of Your Dog. I am excited for you to join me in Dog Training 360, where I will share my successful tips and training methods gained by working with thousands of dogs and their families for over two decades. I can't wait to go on this journey together with you and your dog. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Rebecca Dixon, pediatrician, dog trainer, horseback rider, and animal lover talking to you from Costa Rica where I live with my family including Oxford the Border Terrier and Mocha the German Shepherd. In my United States-based pediatric medical career, I spent 23 years working to improve the lives of children and their families, first through public health research and then as a pediatrician. I spent eight years as an ICU doctor taking care of children and their families during the most challenging times of their lives, and then three years as a community-based general pediatrician. I am a pediatric researcher and published author in the areas of teenage parenting, adolescent health, and pediatric traumatic injury. In the summer of 2021, my wife and I officially embarked on a new adventure by retiring from medicine and moving from the United States to Costa Rica with my 80-year-old mother. Today, I am thriving by immersing myself in a brand new culture and language, learning new sports like surfing, growing vegetables in our yard, and playing with our dogs on the beaches and tropical jungles that surround our new home. For the past 12 years, I've been a boots on the ground, regular dog owner, just trying to work full time and learn how to raise and train my own dogs, including a leash reactive rescue dog and two puppies. Through my life in medicine and my life as a dog owner, I know based on research and personal experience that dogs contribute positively to human health. I am super excited to join Dog Training 360 so that I can share my tips, tricks, and learnings with you so that you can improve the relationship that you have with your own dogs. Welcome everybody to our Dog Training 360 podcast. And today we are going to be talking about settle. And um, Rebecca and I, have a lot to share about this topic when it seems like something's maybe so simple or something that um, doesn't feel like it's a training thing, but I, I feel like it's everybody's biggest complaint sometimes is that their dog is so busy all the time. Um, and, and, it's, and it is something that you want to teach, but it's also 
not something that it's not like formal something to train with. So I think it's kind of an abstract thing, Rebecca. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it is an abstract thing. Yeah, I, I find that people tend to get a dog because they're active or want to be active and and then also putting in our own human lives which is so busy our lives are so busy that settle is so abstract for us as human beings but we want our dogs to settle because they add chaos to an already chaotic world that we're living in and and then we end up not settling and our dogs become kind of busy and crazy and and a little agitated even at times um rebecca let's let's kind of get into you have two very active breeds busy um nosy um, you know, if we stereotyped this, you know, German Shepherd and this Border Terrier, you know, to the breed, they're very, very active. Um, and let's kind of talk about their life and some of the expectations as it relates to settling. Yeah, I agree with you that um, when I either hear people comment on my dogs or see posts say on social media about Mm -hmm. probably most commonly the German Shepherd because Border Terriers in in um, North America certainly the United States um, but probably all of the Americas actually now that here I am living in Costa Rica they're there it's quite a rare breed in mm-hmm. in the Americas, um, so I don't hear too much about the border terrier, except people pick up on the fact that he's a terrier, mm-hmm. and that always yeah. like sparks people's um, comments. Yeah. So, um, if they know about a terrier, certainly that comes in. But the German Shepherd people are constantly telling me, "Oh my gosh, that's a really active dog," or "That's a busy," "That's a lot of dog," or "That's a busy dog." Um, and then the terrier, I guess, yeah, if I get comments, people often use the word ter- terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, you have a terrorist. And that actually I really hate because yeah. not only um, like that's just not a fun thing to use in, in the world of 2020 mm-hmm. yeah. um, and apply it to anything that I might love. Right. Um, but also... Our border terrier is um, so far from being anything annoying or, or destructive um, that it, it really is not applicable. So, so yeah, I um, I agree with you that it's it's a common perception that these are very busy, active mm-hmm. dogs, and both of them are um, very good at settling. In fact, Mocha, the German Shepherd, is here with me right now mm-hmm. as I'm podcasting and we're sitting alone in a in a little cabin um and she's just you know I haven't told her to do anything in particular other than come and be with me and she's lying down on the floor and she she sometimes gets up and switches to the rug or to the pile or (laughs) whatever she's moving around a little bit but she's she's completely not busy she's just hanging out and she's awake um 
um, but she's just hanging out. And the Border Terrier, I know for a fact, because I can see him, <laughs> is settled with my wife, Anne, who's doing some work for her job. And he's just at her feet doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, and similarly, no, no commands or no particular expectations other than we're just hanging out yeah. and they know that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And or I, maybe, I don't know, Joe, maybe that's a, is it that they know that's what they're supposed to do? Or do you think as, as a dog trainer, do you think it's more that they have the permission to do this? Because in a dog's world, they would be more relaxed at certain times of the day. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if, if we, in, in your scenario, being in Costa Rica, um, which is the place that all of us should be in. <laughs> we should be in that state of like, you know, I say this all the time because I, I'm kind of into that stuff as far as like Costa Rica is like a blue zone and and that's a happy, long living culture there, you know, because of um, nutrition and the lifestyle is much slower. Um, and so, you know, it's, in in that setting and in that scenario there it's it's giving permission but also culturally it's comfortable like it, it's this is normal lifestyle of of what we're doing and so um it's definitely one we have to give our dogs permission to not do anything because we tend to keep them so busy so you know you're you're correct there but also they're doing it because that's what they are supposed to do because there's nothing going on you're working you're working Anne's working it's not our time to work yeah yeah i guess as i said that it feels more like um, when I said they know that's what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. what I was imagining, hearing that as a listener, thinking, oh, they've been trained mm-hmm. to sort of be in a downstay or something like that. Yeah. And and it doesn't feel like that to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like they know they're supposed to do that. So they're obeying some sort of command. It feels more like that. It just like you just, I guess, like both of us described it, either they've got permission to just relax and hang mm-hmm. out and do nothing, or um, they understand that nothing is going on. Yeah. And so there's, it's not their time to work. Yeah. Um, but it does not feel, at least with my dogs, it does not feel like they're doing it because they're obeying some sort mm-hmm. of a command or yeah. a structure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's what tends to be out there is, you know, give your dog a command to go to their bed and go settle when, you know, our style of training is more about giving permission for the dog to actually do what they naturally would do. But also there's a time and a place for work and everybody has that role, you know, whether it's, house chores, whether it's, you know, me out on the ranch, whether it's, you know, you, you know, podcasting and working on our videos, you know, there's a time and a place for, for our dogs to work or to be on, if you will, versus, you know what, if a dog doesn't have a job, they are happy to do nothing if we give them that permission to do so. 
And, and I think if we take that and flip it into, you know, what my world is and, you know, we're constantly on the go and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty rare that kind of I'm at the computer, Chris is at the computer, nobody's home, nothing's happening on, you know, nothing's happening on the ranch, just kind of the, just because of, of, you know, what, what we have going on where it's the dogs kind of have to learn that just because Josh is out working on the tractor and Cheyenne is riding a horse and I'm hauling hay isn't time for the dogs to work. And so they'll just come hang out somewhere, you know, with us or have their time in the yard. So right. it's, it's something that is, you have to give them permission that you're not, you don't need to do anything. This is my job and you don't need to do anything. And, but what we tend to do is keep them busy with us and feel like we have to tell them that they need to go lay down or give them a command to turn off. But really at that point, when you give a command, you're, you're turning your dog on to work. So they're like, okay, I'm on my bed and I'm working and this is what I need to do. Right. They're, they're doing a job. They're mm -hmm. not relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's taken, you know, I think it, we can flip to the training aspect of that settle. And it's definitely taken my dogs a bit of a shift, um, moving up to the ranch of, they don't need to be busy all the time. So there's the chickens and then, you know, there, there was the sheep and there's horses and I have border collies who, if we stereotype them are just like crazy, busy over the top, you know, dogs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we, when we moved up here, there, there was a lot of back tying, which is wherever we went, they were hooked up to a post or their barrels or, you know, whatever. So they could learn to just go to sleep while we're doing stuff and animals are moving around and, you know, stuff's happening. And so, you know, they had to learn that, that they had permission to settle when there's still a lot going on. Yeah. And is that how you generally explain to people to to get their dogs into this mode is through back tying? Yeah, to, yes, absolutely. Back tying either to something, you know, if we're outside, you know, they would be tied up to something while we're doing something. In the house, their leashes are on and attached. Um, so when I stop moving, they're settled. So whether it's I'm standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes or I'm cooking, like I'm not actively like zipping around and being busy and it's your turn. They learn to like, okay, you're doing that. I'm going to relax because when you keep a leash on them and attached to you, they're working, working, working. So then they'll take advantage of the non-movement to relax and settle. And then they start learning to settle around chaos that way. Mm, that's interesting. That's an interesting way to put it where they're working while they're following you around on mm -hmm. a leash. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so then they are opportunists dogs. Yes. <laughs> they they yeah. take opportunities, yeah. whether it's to get into the garbage or right. whatever it is. But in this situation, that's a good thing. You want them to take the opportunity to settle when there's a moment of yeah. pause. Yep. Yep. And if, yeah. if our dogs are on a leash and they're like, hey, what's in the garbage? And we say no. Oh, what's up on the counter? And we say no. And oh, should I, I'm going to go see, you know, Harry just got home. No, you're with me oh, what are you, you know, and then they go, okay, I've been told no, it's just better just to relax. Cause, mm-hmm. Because I, that's the answer. And then they find that joy and that comfort into just hanging at your feet while you're standing at the counter or sitting at your desk or, you know, so then it becomes this, they would prefer to settle instead of trying to ask you all these questions all day long of, do I pick up the, you know, the baby's pacifier in my mouth? Can I get, you know, Johnny's choo-choo train that's, you know, or, I mean, there's just, you, they get to ask all these questions and then finally realize, like, I actually get permission to just not worry about any of these things. I can just relax. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, so as I've described my dogs are very good at this concept of settling. Um, but that does not mean that if I take them into a new scenario or a new um, environment that they understand that that's what I want. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you this story, Joe, and you can add on or correct me if you think I'm thinking about it wrong. Yeah. But um, we recently um, got invited by our good friends here in Costa Rica to introduce our dogs to their house, um, where they're, they have cats, not dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were very honored that they liked our dogs enough that, um, they felt like they could come over and be good, good guests. And like so, um, last week I brought, we brought them both and, um, we were there for the whole day and we were doing all kinds of things, playing games and, making pizza and all different and working and talking and all kinds of things. Um, And in that scenario, I knew that there was no way that I could bring them to a brand new location, a brand new house, people that they know, but not in the context of their own home um, and a place with cats and a non-fenced yard and all kinds of other things and distractions and have them just know to settle. And so I did, I brought their back, I brought their leashes to back tie them and I I had them hooked up the whole day on a back tie other than of course I let them off and took them for walks and let them go to the bathroom and and that kind of thing but when we were doing our people thing whether it was making pizza or working or playing games or talking they were on their back ties and um I guess for them at this point, they're being on a back tie is sort of a signal for them mm-hmm. to settle. They mm-hmm. were very quiet on their back ties, but um, that was how I achieved that in that scenario. Does that sound like consistent with our conversation to you, Joe, as the dog trainer? Yeah, that that is exactly what should happen. And I, I have found that... Um, what we tend to do because we're social is that we think that our dogs should be allowed to roam around and be social, you know, have make social choices in uh, not their home. And, and I find that 
a fair amount of dogs end up getting in trouble in those scenarios because they don't know what the rules are in that picture, right? They didn't, they don't know what the rules are, you know, at your friend's house where, you know, really let's chase the cat. Let's, you know, I mean, let's find what kind of exciting dog things that we can get into. And so then, then we're constantly chasing our dogs around because they're chasing the cat and they're getting into things and oh this <laughs> their garbage smells way different than our garbage at home or is this garbage okay to get into and so then all of a sudden we're being busy with our dogs and they're jumping on people and people are reacting and we think people are reacting and oh they love dogs jumping they love dogs so they're fine with people jumping on them or dogs jumping on people nobody's fine with the dog jumping on them nobody right. is it's especially a giant German yeah, shepherd. Right. And so <laughs> then they're like, well, I can't take my dog anywhere because they're not social. You know, they're not good. Well, you have to take him in that scenario to learn how to be in that scenario. But tying them up, when you do this enough at home and you teach them that you're just hooked up and you're going to hang there while I do this, then when we go and take them because we get invited to and we can hook them up and they go oh this we check out here too we just relax and just enjoy and even I mean the picture that you sent of you know the cat on the other side of the window of the door there and them just watching the cat you know just laying there like okay there's a cat here and that's curious but we're we're in the position that we have learned to settle in that we don't get to be a part of that chaos or that animal or you know the games or cooking pizza that then they learn to go into that environment and go you know we just we just check out we don't chase the cat we don't you know whatever it is so it's exactly what should happen instead of feeling sorry or bad for our dogs because oh, they want to greet everybody too. We're just teaching them bad habits and and bad, you know, routines when we go and are invited into somebody else's home. Yeah, good. Um, That that definitely felt right to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm glad that it makes sense in this conversation. Um, And so I guess I want to say too to people listening because um, this is probably like, completely obvious to Joe who's done it for 25 years with thousands and thousands of dogs but to me I had to learn this through working with Joe is that this just to kind of extra emphasize that this concept you can you you take it anywhere so for example you know we've talked about taking them to a new location a new house Mm -hmm. new friends new experience expand that you know so now tomorrow I'm gonna go to the barn and well my dogs know the barn but but say they didn't we're gonna Mm -hmm. go to a new barn here in Costa Rica that we've never been to before Mm -hmm. I am definitely gonna put them on a back tie there Mm -hmm. you know even Mm -hmm. though in Utah or in Washington State they could be at the barn and they knew to settle or they knew to load up and they knew to not get underfoot here at this new barn or at this new place that has mm-hmm. cows or goats, not horses, yeah. they're going to be on a back tie. Yeah. Or we're going to go to the beach and have a picnic. They're going to be on a back tie because those are experiences that 
even though I have very good dogs, mm-hmm. that's in quotes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quote, very good dogs who are, quote, well-trained, I can't expect them to know how to behave in situations that they've never been exposed to before. And so using this idea of settling through the use of a back tie in new situations to me has been very, very helpful because I can... I can go into new situations with mm-hmm. confidence. Like mm-hmm. when my friends asked us to come over, I said, they'll be good. Like I, yeah. I can guarantee they will behave. Not because I was just going to let them run wildly, but because I knew that I had this tool yeah. of both their knowledge of settle and their knowledge of back tie that they could put those two concepts together and in a new location be, do what the humans wanted them to do, which yeah. was to not be busy. Yeah, I think, Rebecca, that's really a good point there where you taught them how to be on a back tie first at home and then in familiar environments and then into unfamiliar environments. So me taking, you know, my dogs anywhere into a new environment is they know what being on the tie is is about the back tie however Mm -hmm. amelia gets really wild and really jazzed up over little kids so i would never take her to the park and back tie her to a tree Mm. around little kids the little play areas because i'm putting everybody at risk if a little kid comes running over to her because the chances of her nipping at them are, is incredibly high. And so you have to know your dog and know the scenarios that they are and feel good in. If I took Patsy to the city at this point on her back tie and tied her up and went in and grabbed some coffee, it would be no problem whatsoever. If I took zip into town who hasn't been to the city much but maybe a handful of times and tied him and ran in and got coffee if there was a chair or a table close he would be up on top of it and so (laughs) so you know it's you know kids zip go to the park yep zip does great at the park and and you know being tied up at the park and watching and and all of that, but would Zip be fine tied to a table that he could get up on top of? Probably not. So, you know, it's the it's understanding and knowing what your dog is capable of and what, you know, they're ready for as well. Um, because it, it's just, you know, back tying isn't a way to keep your dog safe. It's a way for your dog to learn how to be in, a, in an environment in a proper human way that's appropriate. And and even at home, back tying when you have company, back tying when the kids are rowdy and playing and the, ki- and the kids have friends over so the dogs see that they don't need to be in the middle of the kids all the time is, you know, good ways to start prepping your dog to go to the soccer game with mm-hmm. you. Um, so it's definitely something that needs to be taught at home, but not in a quiet way. It's got to be back tied in the midst of chaos at home. And then eventually to get full circle back to the concept of settle, 
once you have achieved this settling and this chilling out, non-busy scenario with your dog on a back tie, Mm -hmm. then depending on the situation, of course, um, potentially your dog can come off of the back tie. Yeah. And and notice that also when I say depending on the situation, mm-hmm. you're at home. Your dog has figured this out. They're back tied, and they're all once they're sort of in that zone and they know what's going on. They're always settled on the back tie. Then sure, now it's time to take them off of the back tie, and they can and they should um, have have. Um, sort of absorbed that mm-hmm. th- that experience and and just know that they can stay settled even without being tied. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, and that is definitely um location centric if you will. Like settling at the beach when everybody's hanging out or you know after we've had a good run in and whatever, you know, no leash, but at a coffee shop in the city, I would still no matter what back tie my dogs because there's cars and there's dangerous things and I don't want my dogs you know I I don't want my dogs to have the opportunity to get harmed you know in in that way so um you know depending upon the situation at a soccer game you know I mean we've had I mean I had a bulletproof shepherd that you know she would just hang out but once we took her to a soccer game with when the kids were little and she was totally fine with what was happening with the ball until Sydney got the ball. Oh, really? And then she ran out and like <laughs> stole the ball. So, you know, you go, she's great as long as Sydney never got the ball. <laughs> and right, she was kicking then it, it around. Turns yeah. into playing with Sydney. Yeah. So, you know, so then, you know, from then on, she was, you know, tied up. And when she was, she always got to go, but she learned that, you know, that was not the time and a place. But I could never trust that she didn't like, here's my cue. And I'm, and now we're right. working, you know. So it's definitely location centric. It's definitely, you know, we go over to our friend's house on a regular basis. And so, and their dogs are used to being there and they've learned not to chase the cat and they've learned just to hang out. Absolutely. I would take, you know, take the leash off and, and let them hang out wherever they wanted. Um, but it's, it's a process of, you know, is this, an off-leash scenario that we're, we want to work towards and we're going to take them there a lot? Or is this a scenario that I know, you know, 99% of the time they would be fine, but then there's that 1% chance that they get up and go across the street and get hit by a car. You know, I mean, there's right. just, you have to just be aware of the location and always be willing to back tie them no matter how well they do it because the environment changes. I mean, you've been at the beach where there's most of the time there's nobody but maybe one person and other times where there's been a ton of people and dogs and everything else going on that was fun. So I think you have to always be prepared to do that, um, to, to back tie, but know that you can reach a level where you trust and are comfortable in certain scenarios that you would not have to worry about a back tie. And obviously at home, they should learn that within two years of, I don't have to be involved if, you know, the three-year-olds are running around, you know, chasing bubbles. 
I don't have to be a part of that as far as from the dog's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really important and good thing to emphasize is to be comfortable with the back tie. And mm-hmm. um, we'll mention this again, I'm sure, but if you have questions about the back tie, um, we have a whole bunch of videos that you can um get to if you're part of our community um there they'll be loaded um this week with back tying um and then if you're not part of our community you can join the community um or or purchase one of our courses that will include back tie because it's a um it's a it's a tool that is really great um and i think that if you if you don't really know what it is like i did not know what it is it was when joe first Mm -hmm. introduced it to me it's a bit of a confusing concept because um my my picture was of a dog i think when you first used this term with me joe Mm -hmm. 10 12 years ago my picture was of a dog tied out on a chain in a front yard and Mm -hmm. that's that was my only vision yeah um and that is not at all what we're talking about here as i hope is clear from this this long discussion that we've had but um we we've got a lot on on the website and in the community about back tying if it's not there yet when you listen to this podcast it's coming soon we're um putting together our courses and uploading things and we'll promote it when when we do put up the back tying stuff um but it's a great tool um and i think being comfortable with back tying and comfortable that your dog is not suffering on a back tie is really wonderful it gives you so much freedom to do things like bring your dog to the Mm -hmm. cafe or bring your dog to the restaurant or to the friend's house or to the beach because you can do it with safety and and um have your dog behaving the way that the humans need them to behave yeah you know rebecca i don't i don't believe that your dog needs a sit down stay come heal um to take him to go have coffee if you have a back tie and a settle. You know, I mean, you you really, if you have a solid back tie and your dog's settle, you can kind of take him anywhere. I can totally see that. I never use those, those sit, come yeah. down in the setting of a settle. Yeah. When right. I'm trying to get a settle, I, I don't ever need the obedient, yeah. the formal obedience stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and I, can, I, I can totally see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. And I, and that's, that to me is how important it is. Um, you know, we've got, uh, a client in the community. It's just super fun. I, he, he's got such a lovely story and, and, uh, everybody gets a chance to share and talk about their, their dogs, but Buster, the dog, um, you know, she did a lot of back tying on the front porch and he now, um, hangs out on the front porch without a tie, which is in the city, mind you. And he sits with his legs crossed, his front paws crossed. And, you know, he woo, woo, woo to the mailman and he woo, woo, woo to his friends that pass that say hi, Buster. And he just like stays on the porch. And it's just such a joy to drive past her house and see Buster on the porch because it's such a, he just loves it. And he finds the joy in that social aspect. It's like this little old man sitting on the rocking chair waving to everybody that like that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and it's just so fun to see how, 
you know, the, the power of back tying and being consistent with it, that he never learned to get off the porch to go say hi to people, all because of back tying, that he just hangs out on the porch and finds so much joy in it. And that's just, it's just happy to me. And again, to bring it back to the whole topic of this conversation, settle. He is without a back tie now. He's just settled. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't even, he just settles on yeah. the porch and he can watch the world go by and say hi if it's his friends, but otherwise just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it's settling and your dog's doing nothing, but doing everything is just, I think, powerful in and of itself. And, and, uh, just like you had brought up, Rebecca, joining our community on dogtraining360online.com is such a fun place to hear stories, but also learn more about this type of training that you're not going to find any place else. Thanks for joining us today on Settle, and we will see you in our community at dogtraining360online.com. Thank you for being a part of our dog training podcast. Our goal is to help you train through the eyes of your dog. We want you to go on amazing adventures and accomplish all your dog training goals. For more dog training adventure, read our blog and join our dog training community at dogtraining360.com. You can find us on Instagram at dog underscore training underscore 360 and all other social media channels from TikTok to LinkedIn under Dog Training 360. We would love it if you shared your dog training journey with us. Now let's get into training.